We begin this podcast by acknowledging Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples as the First Nations of Australia. They have never ceded sovereignty and remain strong in their enduring connection to land and culture. We acknowledge their elders past, present and emerging. This podcast is proudly supported by Drama Victoria. You're listening to The Aside, a podcast for drama teachers and students. I'm Nick Waxman, and today is an episode inspired by the document Teaching First Nations Content and Concepts in the Drama Classroom, Advice for Teachers in Victorian Schools, created by Kamara Bell-Wikes, Dr. Rachel Forges, and Danielle Haradsky. Today, we are speaking with Danielle Haradsky and Andrew Boone from Drama Victoria's Committee of Management. Both were involved in the development of this resource. This is the third of four episodes on this topic, and you can find a link to the resource in the episode description. And welcome back, Danny and Andrew. Thanks, Nick. Hi. Okay, so we are talking uh, approaching First Nations content in performance. So what's the first step when considering performing a piece of First Nations theatre? Well, I guess there's two aspects to that. Are you talking about... um, uh, play by First Nations playwright, or are you talking about a devised performance, which includes First Nations characters and things? So there's two aspects right. of that. Yeah. I might talk to the um, forming a play, um, and maybe Danny, you might want to talk about devising. Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, so, number one, um, with performing a uh, piece of First Nations theatre, a contemporary Indigenous theatre, um, the first thing you do is you get the performance rights. Um, and if the playwright doesn't agree to you performing their play to an audience, then you don't do it. It's quite simple. Um, I've been very fortunate with the, the plays that I've produced with my Year 11 class um, that the performance rights have been approved. Um, you know, especially in discussion with um, Wesley Enoch. He is um, very supportive of this work happening in schools. Um, so I, I know that he will approve the, the rights to his plays. Um, but also note, noting that this is for your um, for the classroom, this isn't to be done as um, your school production. So there is that consideration to make. Um, it's okay for you to produce a contemporary Indigenous theatre play um, through your curriculum. Um, but it's not okay for you to go and um, do a large school production um, of contemporary Indigenous theatre. Unless um, you uh, have your hand, hand firmly held throughout the process by the playwright, I would say. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I just would just not do it. <laughs> Much simpler to do it um, in the class. Um, so the, the, the complexities around performing... Uh, contemporary Indigenous theatre ultimately comes down to the fact that most of your classrooms will not have First Nations students, um, if any First Nations students. So then the um, issue comes around there about role casting. And I'm sure we are all in agreement that if we went to a, um, a, a play at Melbourne Theatre Company, um, a production of um, you know, Seven Stages of Grieving, performed by a white woman would not be acceptable. Um, There are exceptions to this, of course. If um, you think back to Richard Franklin's Walking Into the Bigness, uh, which he wrote and directed, um, he made the choice to cast people of of various nationalities in the roles. 
um, in the First Nations role on his plate. But that was his choice. That was his, um, that was his work. He has the right to make that decision. But we know that we, we um, don't cast non-Indigenous people in Indigenous roles. And then this is where the conversation got quite interesting with the advisory panel about, well, if we don't sort of, in some ways, relax this idea um, for the classroom, then these plays won't be studied. These teachers will feel really, really, really cautious about picking up um, stolen or any other play um, that is First Nations characters in their classroom. So, yes, you can cast um, non-Indigenous students as Indigenous characters. But it's, it, one thing that is really important and this outlined in the document is how you go about, um, one, identifying those roles, but also how the, the students um, interpret those characters. So the first thing that, uh, most important thing uh, is not playing the stereotypes. We don't use accents. And you look at playing the truth of the character. So if you tackle the, um, the students interpreting these characters with only minimum of those three principles, then you'll be on the right path. But it's also about making sure that throughout the process you're doing your research and you are researching the intent of the playwright. Why did they write this play? What is the meaning of it? What's the history behind it? So making sure that the, the students really understand the play before you even get up and present um, things. If you are presenting to an audience, it is vital that the students um, present themselves to the audience prior to the show, come out to the audience in costume um, and identify who they are, what their culture is, and then identifying the characters that they'll be playing and then the cultures of, that, uh, of those characters. Um, so yeah, that's the document can give you a little bit more advice, but that's the basics around producing plays in the class. Thank you. And Danny, you were going to talk to devised theatre for a moment. Yeah, so I, I love doing devised work. And there's a whole section in the document called devising work with First Nations themes, which I absolutely draw your attention to. Um, but I think something I think it's something I think is really important is that as drama teachers, we do devised work all the time. And t every teacher will have their own preferred way of doing that. I love using process drama. I love theatre of the oppressed. So they're sort of the techniques I'm always going to be drawing on, particularly in this space. We suggest that there's a, there's a few sort of techniques that are particularly relevant because they're great for exploring things like power and oppression, which inevitably come up when you're doing work in this space, I think. Um, so like, yeah, like I said, theater of the press, the oppressed and process drama, but also epic theater has a lot to add in this space. But you're, you're a drama teacher, you have expertise as a drama teacher, draw on that expertise. Um, you don't have to throw it away. Um, and there's, gosh, there's so many, so many themes you could explore. And again, like Andrew said, this isn't your school production. This is an educational performance either performed just within your class or to other students from the school or possibly to the public, to parents, community, but it's not, it's not your big glitzy glam performance. Um, this, is, this is a performance that has a very clear purpose, which is to educate. Um, yeah, good. Um, and this 
Here's a few suggestions in the document for where to, where to get started for some possible themes. Um, I did want to touch quickly on the, the idea of devising work around dreaming stories, which I think is where a lot of us start. And the more I learn, the more I'm overwhelmed by the complexities and tend to draw away from doing work around dreaming stories just because they're so multi-layered, so complex and so tied in with spirituality and per people's very personal beliefs um, that when we, t when we teach them as sort of little nice little stories, little fables, a lot of that meaning's lost. Um, so it's not that you can't do it, but that complexity needs to be in there. Um, and obviously really important to only draw on stories that have been published by First Nations peoples and to pay for the right to use those stories by buying a copy. Absolutely. Thank you. So is, is this different from presenting theatre that includes First Nations characters? And, and how is that different out of interest? So if you're doing a play, as Andrew suggested in, in class, and it's not written by a First Nations artist, but there are First Nations characters that appear, is that different? And how is that different? Yeah, yeah. Um, so there's, there's quite a lot of plays out there that have First Nations characters in them that are not written, that are written by non-Indigenous playwrights. And some of them are great and have been done in consultation with community. Um, and we'll, if they've been done in consultation with community, they will talk about having done that consultation. It will be explicit. Um, and there's a list of them on Narragunawali uh, the Reconciliation Australia's site for education. There's a whole list of plays that are by non-Indigenous playwrights, but that respectfully work in this area. There's also a lot of plays out there with really, really racist portrayals of First Nations characters. Um, and sometimes that racism will be obvious to you and sometimes it won't be sometimes it you might see it as fine and then someone will tap you on the shoulder and go did you realize that this is not a good way to portray first nations characters so i think it is really important to be very cautious around using plays by non-indigenous playwrights with first nations characters not not to not do them but to be aware that it's not necessarily a first nations perspective that you're sharing um yeah that just comes into making sure that you you know, as the, as the teacher, you're doing your research. You don't just, you're not just picking up something flippantly and going, all right, let's, let's have a look at this. It's actually making sure that before you bring it into the classroom, you've looked into it. Mm. Um, you know, when we are talking, again, let's sort of focus on theatre study, but, you know, we're talking about dramaturgy and dramaturgical research, and we always talk to the students about the, the research in the playwright, researching the the world of the play so what was the playwright's intention in writing the play well that's just basically you you need to start with that um when you're thinking about bringing in a, a, a play with first nations characters into your classroom mm. uh is there a difference between free events and ticketed events um yeah so i think a lot of the performances that you would do in this space are probably going to be free ones they're going to be to other students they're going to be to family members but if you were to do a ticketed event, possibly because that's how you always do your VCE theatres, you always ask for a gold coin donation or something like that, I think it is really important to talk to your students about 
possibly donating some of that money to a First Nations organisation. And there's really great ones out there. And that could be a really great discussion to have with your students about which organisation they wanted to support. But that it's not that you shouldn't do ticketed events, it's that you should need to think about why is it ticketed, where's that money going, and how can you use your work to benefit First Nations communities. That makes sense. Thank you. What do I do if I have First Nations students in my class and I'm looking to approach First Nations content? Yeah, well, first of all, um, have a conversation with your student. Um, you should know a little bit about them. Um, but most importantly, it's not expecting the student to be a beacon of knowledge for all, all things First Nations related. You don't know what their relationship um, or their connection to country or culture is. Um, they may have a, a very strong connection. Um, they may feel very confident in um, leading discussions. But alternatively, they, they may have very limited connection to their culture. Um, and they may not have that confidence. So it's not assuming um, that the, the First Nations students in your class uh, know everything that there is to know. And, you know, giving them the option to play whatever character they want to play. Mm. Yeah. And also being aware that you might not know if you have First Nations students in your class. Yeah. So it's a really good assumption to make that you do, that you always teach as if you do have First Nations students in your class. Um, so not teaching this content is happening to other people. Um, being aware that if you, if you're teaching about something really sensitive and recent like the stolen generations that might be your students parents it might be your students grandparents that and that's not it's absolutely not that you shouldn't teach that you should teach this content but that it can be very very sensitive and very personal um, and have coming with that respect great thank you for that advice and that's actually a question from the document isn't it it sure is. <laughs> Learn more, find information here, uh, go to the index. We, we talked a little bit about dreaming before, and I think that is where a lot of teachers uh, begin and, and talk about First Nations stories. Um, and your advice is, is to, not to avoid it, but to be aware of the complexities and teach the complexities and the nature of the stories and where they come from, which is you know, beautiful advice. So when junior year students present their performance of a local dreaming story at an assembly, let's say they've, they've taken your advice, they've read the document and they've, they've found that complexity, how should or how could a story like that be framed in an assembly, which is a, a place where you're probably likely to see something like this occur? Mm. Um, <laughs> well, starting with basics, there should be an acknowledgement of country and acknowledgement of where the stories come from. Um, so that, that, that just making sure you've got those protocols in place to, to ensure that you're framing it respectfully. I think um, in, in Western education, we divide up knowledge into these sort of siloed disciplines. If you've got English, you've got maths, you've got science, and that, that, again, that's a very Western way of thinking. It's not, it's definitely not a universal way of thinking. So one of the amazing, beautiful things about dreaming stories is that there will be a spiritual story and there will be a moral story, but there will also be a scientific story in there and um, possibly a math story in there. And so there will, there will be layers and layers of different knowledges that we divide up into different things, but 
just aren't. Um, so I think if I were going to do that, that's something I'd be trying to emphasize the sort of complexities of knowledge that are within these stories. And I think that's something really fun and beautiful that you could do with primary junior school students. Um, so maybe adding, so you present the story, but then also try and present, present that knowledge in there, whether that be to do with the seasons or to do with the, the land and the environment around you or to do with astronomy or whatever the layers of knowledge in there, really trying to emphasize that there's more to this story than, oh yeah, it's a pretty story that has a message, if that makes sense. Oh, I think it does. Thank you. And I think that'll help lots of people. I know I'm a junior's teacher, so I really, uh, yeah, I appreciate that advice very much. So our, our next episode is going to be about engaging with live or recorded First Nations content. So um, whether that is watching a, a video of a performance or actually being able to attend a performance, fingers crossed, we're recording this during COVID. Um, <laughs> are you are you keen to jump in and keep talking about this topic? Yeah. Well, thank you very much for your time, Danny and Andrew. That is all for this episode of The Aside. There is just one more episode in this series, so I encourage you to listen to that. If you are trying to find a link to this resource, one can be found in the description of this episode. If you have a question or you would like to suggest a topic for a future episode, do not hesitate to contact us at asidepodcast at outlook.com. We answer a number of emails each week and will happily answer yours. There are a load of episodes in the bank, so feel free to go through those and find one that piques your interest. Thank you to Eltham College for letting us record here, to Aaron Searle for providing the music, to Drama Victoria for their ongoing support, and of course, thank you for listening. <laughs>